Welcome to the Tober Show, the last one of the year. 2021 has flown by, and I think many of us will say good riddance. Well, at least for much of it. There was a little lull when we started to open up, and now it looks like, at least in certain places, closing back down again as uh, there's another surge in New York City, and it's feeling eerily like, uh, well, like going into last Christmas, where maybe people won't have the liberty that they would like to, at least in certain places. I'm not feeling that way around here. Well, joining me, Max Foise, this morning, and we got to tell you, there, there is something great about patriots who know that we need to put woke to sleep. No matter the travails we fa- that we face, no matter the obstacles, no, no, neither rain nor sleep yes. nor snow shall stop the magnificent Max from coming in. And uh, Max came in because Moderna... Bit you in the butt, huh? Oh, it did. It did. So, um, of course, <laughs> earlier this year, I was double vaxxed with Pfizer. And in between getting double vaxxed with Pfizer, I actually came down with COVID. That was interesting. Uh, but then uh, I was eligible for my booster this past week. And so I decided to switch it up with Moderna because I've read a, a, a couple of things about how that can, that can be a good thing if you, if you switch them up. And so I got my Moderna booster yesterday morning. And I thought, I'll be fine. You know, I was fine after the first two shots. I'll be okay. And, uh, well, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So you should have talked to me because Max <laughs> looks like uh, you didn't even get the pleasure on a Saturday morning. You didn't even, you know, get the pleasure of the the, the great party the night before with lots of margaritas. No, no. It is. That's how I look, though. And I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, not to paint too, too rough of a picture for the audience, but I'm, I'm rather sweaty. I've got a fever. Uh, but I didn't want to call in to our last show uh, for the year. And I thought I'm going to do it. I'm going to be here with Tobes and we're going to get this show done. Well, and we will get the show done, and there are uh, more topics, as I tweeted last night, at Randy Tober, MD, the, the Twitter handle, of course. Uh, we have more topics this morning than gaftastic Joe Biden has topics. Uh, and we have some uh, great guests as well. We're going to be talking with a feminist who is uh, having a problem with the transgender movement because it is uh, stealing the thunder from the feminist movement and from those who want to uh, continue to push for equality and opportunity uh, you know, equality for, for women, and I don't think anyone argues for equality of opportunity and, mm-hmm. you know, all that. So we'll talk with Kara Dansky uh, a little bit later uh, in the program. And um, and then, of course, Virginia Cruda will join us. Elena Treen's going to join us from Axios to talk about this infrastructure bill. Looks like uh, looks like Joe Manchin is uh, is holding strong. 
looks like he's holding steady, and he's just not going to not going to put up with all of the nonsense in that bill. I believe when I joined the show back in August, uh, Elena was the first guest, potential guest that I reached out to, and she is so busy. But she said, you know, circle back. We're going to make this happen. And now on the last show of the year, we actually have her on. I can't yeah. wait. I'm really pleased because she's big time and uh, she's been following this infrastructure bill and uh, well that, that did pass. And then, of course, the uh, the reconciliation bill. You know, I uh, now, Max, we may lose half the audience here. So let me know if the uh, if the instant people meter, you know, tells us that no one's <laughs> listening. But there was an interesting article by uh, by George Will. Now, a lot of people say, George Will, he's a never Trumper. Well, he really wrote a nice article about how this bill is absolutely a disaster. And um, I, I want to talk about that a little bit later, but it really helps helps delineate the, the just the tremendous damage this would do to not only our culture, but our economy, pour more uh, trillions of dollars into into the economy. And what does that mean? That means more inflation. And people are really hurting. I, I've i talked to people where, it, you know, at first when the inflation news came out, I think we're right on top of things. And we, of course, the minute anything begins to just peep out from under the covers legislatively in terms of policy, you're like, oh, that's going to ruin the world. Oh, the sky's falling. It's a nuclear bomb on the economy. Well, okay. Because we are prescient. We are harbingers of things to come, whether they're good or bad. And we like to let people know, because if it's something we need to rally around and and call your legislator, hey, let's do it. If not, you know, let's make sure that we beat it back. Well, uh, you know, I, I was worried about this, but a lot of people in terms of inflation and what this next new bill could do, it would just it would it would just decimate the economy and everything set up a social welfare state that we'll never get out from under. Well, a lot of folks are telling me and I, I'm curious at nine one two one oh one nine, if you guys had called, I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are. If you, your family, maybe you've got uh, children who graduated uh, last summer and starting out their young lives. Maybe they're renting an apartment and they're finally putting their own food in the refrigerator. <laughs> and uh, are you hearing uh, murmurs of inflation really hitting people where it counts? I I rarely walk through the aisles of a store uh, to shop. My wife does that because I'm dangerous. I'm one of those guys. I cannot restrain myself. It's weird because <laughs> I don't do it that often. So I see something like, oh, well, there's a, you know, ice cream cone cups, you know, and I, why do I want an ice cream cone? I don't know. Well, we haven't had an ice cream cone. We've eaten it out of a bowl for a while, but there it is on the end. <laughs> there's camp, nothing you know. wrong with that. I know, but it's, it's sort of uh, capricious. But at any rate, it seems to me that the prices have skyrocketed. And I don't know. It's, you know, seems to me like it's going up more than the what is the nominal 6.8 percent you hear about. But they strip away a lot of things from that. I don't think they include uh, some of the they don't include um, gas. They don't include all of the necessities that you need. I guess groceries may be included in that core CPI. Um, and I, I did read in one story that uh, people are beginning to, you know, maybe maybe pull back a little bit on their purchases, their Christmas purchases. So I, I'm interested to see where the numbers come out. I read that uh, in Thanksgiving time, it was one or two percent less than last year. And last year was was lower. Uh, so it, it's fun. But for those of you, one thing I'm going to say, if you guys are out shopping this morning, make sure that you... Um, Buy an alternative dessert. Don't buy cream cheese. Don't buy Kraft Philly cream cheese because um, they have a spread the feeling offer. I heard I about this story. It's very strange. 
this is an odd story, but I actually confirmed it. Uh, the nurse I work with has someone uh, that is a manager level at, uh, with Kraft uh, in Columbia and said that indeed it is true. There is a shortage of cream cheese for like the, the cream cheese, uh, the, the uh, New York cheesecake people, you know, where they use. Mm-hmm. One guy was interviewed. He said, oh, now I know why you eat a piece of cheesecake and your weight goes up five pounds. But aren't they, aren't they offering some sort of incentive for you to not buy cream cheese? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Kraft Heinz, owner of Philly Cream Cheese, calls its offer Spread the Feeling. They'll give $20 vouchers to 18,000 holiday bakers who have had trouble finding cream cheese so they can purchase another dessert instead. Those who are unable to find the cream cheese needed to bake their favorite desserts this holiday season can head to Spread the Feeling. (laughs) dot com for a twenty dollar digital reward from the company's beginning Friday at noon ET. Now I imagine that it probably it's already been sold out. Wow. The first ten thousand will be awarded during Friday's time slot, an additional eight thousand Saturday today at noon Eastern Standard Time. So at eleven today our time, if you log on to spread the feeling, uh, this is just crazy. The website asks customers to reserve their spots, purchase their dessert any time between the 17th, that's yesterday, and the 24th, and submit proof of the receipt containing their dessert purchase, and you can get it. Oh, now it's getting interesting. Yeah, there we go. For a chance at one of the Mm -hmm. $18,020 rewards. Yeah, so you still have to go buy things, and then you might have some sort of... Yeah, and then it's only a chance. Mm -hmm. Well, uh... Spokespeople said we're shipping 35% more product to food service partners versus a year ago. And uh, demand increased last year about 18% from pre-pandemic. Now, why, why, oh, why would cream cheese demand (laughs) increase because of a pandemic? There must be some obscure story out of a lab in Botswana. That says there's an element of cream cheese that fights COVID-19, now, like I, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. I understand that cream cheese, of course, is very tasty on bagels and what have you, but yeah. people really are people going to be upset this holiday season if they can't get cream cheese? I mean, <laughs> let's all take a break from cream cheese. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's like, well, call it Christmas Lent at Christmas. I'm swearing off a of cream cheese. Yeah, just take a month off. Yeah. But it's funny the way, okay, so the headline is like, hey, Kraft will... Pay their customers $20 not to you. Well, then you get into it. Well, there's two time slots. It's only 18,000 uh, slots, opportunities, and it's uh, it's apparently an, a lottery. I, I don't know whether it's first come, first served, but you get a chance to get $20. <laughs> My gosh, I think you'd be better off to, you know, go buy a few lottery tickets and, you know, scratch them off. But I wonder if they're going to penalize you for buying cream cheese, like if the, uh, <laughs> the, the cream cheese... Uh, you know, a task force will come to your house and take right. it out of your pantry. Right. <laughs> yeah, you get the guys that'll have the big spatulas taking this cream cheese right out of your bowl before you can fold in all the other ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> now, my wife, every, every year she likes to, it's funny because before this story came out, she makes this wonderful thing called a, not a tart, but a tort, which is not a lawsuit that she brings every okay. year, but it's a... Uh, it's this thing that takes a lot of time. She has to strain it through a cheesecloth, and, and then uh, there's uh, herbs and all kinds of wonderful things on it. And, boy, you spread that on crackers, and it's to die for. But she decided, to, yeah, just, I'm not going to make it this year. You know, it takes a lot of time, and there's so much else going on. So I'll have to commend her. But maybe we ought to apply for the $20 giveaway from Kraft and see if we can do that, because that might make up for a little bit of the inflation. I'll just take $20 out of my wallet, and I'll give it to you. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah, you're right, though. Kraft ought to, they ought to charge a, a gouging uh, surcharge. That's That would be true entrepreneurism yes. in Ayn Rand there style. <laughs> what's, what's this? Give people not to use cream cheese. Did you see the story about the... Uh, Amtrak train from St. Louis to Chicago that could open next year? Apparently that's something no. to do with infrastructure. Uh, we'll have to talk about that. Uh, well, let's talk about that um, a little bit later in the program. I, uh, I do want to, I do want to again invite you to stay with us all morning because, of course, we have a big show for you and we always want to hear from you as well. Uh, 314-912-1019 the number. And uh, we also want to remind you that uh, this is the season for giving, and if you want to give to one of your favorite charities, whether it's uh, Heroes Care, one of my favorite, or one others, please don't forget them. Don't leave them behind. There are a lot of people that uh, that truly did find themselves out of work, that truly did find themselves um, you know, needing needing help this year, and so don't forget those in true need as well. Uh, when we come back, Let's talk about the rapid train from St. Louis to Chicago. Do you take Amtrak? Do you think that all of us should subsidize Amtrak? And, um, you know, would you be frightened about a, a high-speed train going, what, another 20 miles an hour than the current one? That's interesting. 314-912-1019 here on 1019-941 News Talk STL. You can also hear us at NewstalkSCL.com or stream us on the app. Along with Max, I'm Tobler. We're the Tobler Show. Stay there. Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer on Newstalk STL. We're back. It's 23 after the hour. Thanks for being with me. Remember, if you don't catch all of the show or maybe you hear something and you'd like someone else to hear it, uh, check it out uh, either on demand on the podcast. You can... Navigate to uh, NewstalkSGL.com or the Encore presentation, Sunday nights from 9 to midnight. Mm -hmm. 110 miles per hour Amtrak train from St. Louis to Chicago could open next year. A new high-speed route is expected to be operational between St. Louis and Chicago within the next year to 18 months, according to Amtrak. Wow. Cut travel time by nearly an hour. They announced a schedule change for the Chicago to St. Louis Lincoln service and Texas Eagle trains effective today. Um, it allows some trains to travel at a max speed of 90, and uh, that only reduces it 15, 15 minutes. But uh, it's a step towards 110-mile trains along the route, which uh, that's interesting. And they're, they're connecting this a little bit with some of the, uh, the infrastructure. I wonder what that involves. Any of you who are train experts... Maybe you work for Amtrak. Maybe you know it's Amtrak received its most significant expansion in history. This is due to this new $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill that passed earlier the year. And uh, the new funding that Amtrak gets, the cut they got was $66 billion. And they'll start repair and replacement projects along the, uh, the, the rail network. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, I... I like Amtrak. Once in a while, we go up to Chicago. My son has since moved over to Arlington, Virginia. I keep kidding him. He's a swamp creature now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it, it's it's interesting that when we went, when we would uh, we would pick up the train. Well, usually near Quincy, and then head up to Chicago. I think it's the Carl Sandburg uh, route that we take. That doesn't seem to be the one that's going to be going 110 miles an hour. Maybe it does. I don't know. But. Uh, 
it's really nice if you spend a couple extra bucks. It's still it was only ninety bucks, I think, for a one way trip. You know, what yeah, is it from, taken, from St. Louis? You know, I've taken Amtrak up to Chicago um, many times, and it's always a nice ride, and and uh, it's it's always been fun. Now, I, the idea of so called bullet trains are really exciting for me. I. I I know that Japan has had them for a long time. You don't necessarily hear about giant crashes, so I imagine that the proof is in the pudding as far as them being safe. And I know a couple years ago there was an idea that was floated about having a high-speed train between St. Louis and Kansas City, which I still think is a really great idea uh, for for commerce and for work. You know, I think it would be fantastic. Yeah, because, you know, that uh, that road gets congested, especially between St. Louis or Kansas City and Mizzou when, uh, when the, you know, there's a ball game there, whether it's football, basketball, whatever. <clears throat> and, boy, it, is, it gets so congested. Well, I was and, thinking I could have a radio job in Kansas City, and then just 20 minutes later, I'm back in St. Louis. There you go. Or get one in all three towns, right? Sure, you just, why not? You could do, could do mornings in KC, do middays in mid-Missouri, and then head over to St. Why St. Louis. Why not? Yeah. And, uh, and for those of you who are just joining us, Max is uh, is holding forth despite oh. getting his Moderna booster. And that's just eight months after you had it. Now, I wish you would have talked to me, Max, because I would have <laughs> probably recommended you wait a year. Really? Even though the government says you can get one as early as eight months after. Yeah. Um, I Especially if you're going to get Moderna and especially if you've had, you know, after you've had COVID. Uh, I... Uh, you, you have a lot of immune memory. Those those memory cells that are ready to kick out not only the antibodies to protect you, but the collateral damage. You know, meaning all the inflammatory process that right, happens right. in the process of reacting to this vaccine. Uh, it lets you know. It gave you a message, didn't it? <laughs> oh, it did. It, it, it is right now. <laughs> yeah, you should take Tylenol. Did you take some Tylenol? I took some ibuprofen right before I left the house, and that has actually helped a lot because yeah. I had a really big headache. All overnight, and I'm just drinking a ton of water, so yeah, that helps. Oh, good. <laughs> Max, Max looks like Max looks like there was a really hell of a Christmas party mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. night. <laughs> but without great. all the fun, though. I know you get the fever. Well, the fever doesn't normally accompany a Christmas party, but the aches and the chills and the headache, man, you get you had to pay with all that without any of the fun to go along with it. Now, so if you are going to get a booster, uh, I do recommend Moderna. I really like that. The, the numbers are so good on the Moderna vaccine. Um, and if you've had COVID, I mean, talk with your doc about it. But depending on, did you have a, you had a pretty good case of COVID, didn't you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they told me that the only reason why I wasn't in the hospital is because I had that first dose. And so, you know, I thought it was very strange that I I got my first dose and then I got sick, but they said it was actually fortuitous that I did have that first dose. Um, But no, it was not fun. I don't I don't recommend it. And with this uh, Omicron going on or uh, Omicron, as the president likes to call it, (laughs) Omicron, uh, Omicron. Omicron. Yeah, I thought, you know what? I'm going to get boosted. It'll be fine. And uh, now, of course, I'm paying the price uh, today. Yeah. <laughs> 314-912-1019 314-912-1019 So the question I want to put out on the table for you is uh, Would you be concerned about newly repaired and replaced track And suddenly you're, you know, I don't know if you if, if 110 miles an hour uh, You know, qualifies as a bullet train or not But it's certainly, it's moving down the road Or down, not down the road, but down the rails yeah. But but beyond that, there has been a lot of criticism of, of the fact that that Amtrak doesn't pay its own way, right? I mean, the, the, the proceeds from tickets and from the, the sacks and so forth doesn't really cut the mustard. It needs to be subsidized all the time. And some have called for, you know, hey, wh- why, why don't we privatize Amtrak? Well, I, I think Amtrak probably falls in one of those um, buckets that is uh, in the Constitution, 
in the enumerated powers, right? Because it had to do about roads and, well, postal roads, but I mean, basically roads and, and, and modern road would be a rail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think there were rails in 1776 and 89 and, you know, the time when the Constitution was there. I don't think there were steam engines there, were there? I don't know. I got to go back and, and learn my revised history. I'll do a but, quick Google search. Yeah, we'll have to see. But the point is, I mean, the interstate highway system, for an example, a brilliant example of where government, federal government, can coordinate among the states, people being able to freely and and smoothly and efficiently uh, transit across the country. Makes sense to me. Yeah, one of those, as as a conservatarian, limited government guy, and I'm sure many of you are in that, you know, in that bailiwick too. Hey, it makes sense. That's something that we can all collectively put our put our resources together with, make sure the planning is appropriate, and uh, and and make sure that those things get done. Like the common defense, like borders, like uh, you know, fighting wars. You can't Missouri can't go fight a war in Europe. It takes a country to do that and gather together and get it organized. What did you find on the uh, locomotives? I found that uh, yes, there were trains in the 1700s. Uh, there were wooden rails called wagonways that was the beginning of modern rail transport, uh, oh. making it easier for horse-drawn wagons or carts to move along dirt roads. But by the late 1700s, iron replaced these wooden rails, and guess what? There we have trains. Ah, there you go. Well, so there were there were rails. I don't know. I, for one, like Amtrak. It's fun. And uh, you might take the step up and take the business uh, class a little bit because you can get the, the seats are really comfortable. I mean, it's such a smooth, easy ride. That now, would it frighten you to go on a train that was going that fast? Because it would not bother me at all. I don't think so. I'm trusting. I mean, I, I figure there's there's so much regulation and yeah. uh, over-regulation. That's probably why Amtrak struggles because of all the regulation. But you want to be held safe and there, I'm, not for, I'm not for anarchy. You know, I'm not for just Katie, bar the door. Let every entrepreneur and every operator of every train and plane and bus and you know auto do what they want. But um, anyway, it's a good time if you want to you know head to somewhere. And I've had people that that love taking their kids occasionally, maybe maybe on a trip of a lifetime. Take uh, apparently there's a scenic Amtrak route that goes up north uh, across the you know the the western states and a lot of great scenic views. And you sleep in the car. I remember as a kid we did that. Uh, we went out, and how did that work? I think, I guess my dad's dad had a car out and bought a car that uh, we needed to drive back. So the family took the trip over. Dad was a teacher at Lindbergh School District, and so as soon as school was out, you know, we would pack up the car and not wearing seatbelts. The kids would float around in the back seat of this big whatever bomber car we had. You know, they were big and huge and full of iron those days. And we would play games and not restrained at all. <laughs> oh, my God. The 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 traffic safety people would, their eyes are rolling out there. But uh, I remember going down old Route 66 and uh, going through all the small towns and the wigwam hotels. I mean, to talk about nostalgia. But, uh, but this particular year, we took the train out and then drove the car back. And the train, I just remember the porter with the white gloves. And you would go to the, you know, the dining car. It was very, very nice. And sleeping uh, on the train. Something, something nostalgic about that. Something you may want to try. Have you so been to the uh, museum the Amtrak of, story? Have you ha, have you been to the Museum of Transportation here in St. Louis? I, fantastic museum! It is Absolutely. such a wonderful museum, and you can walk yeah. on these old trains with, and yeah. see the dining cars and what have you. And it's so much fun. We love taking our it, son there, and he thinks it's it's a wonderful uh, place yeah. from from a bygone era. 
You know, I was rooting around in the attic the other day looking for, as I have to do every year, all of the, you know, where's where's the box that has the white twinkler lights? All I can find is the multicolored ones, you know. Where did you put them? I put them where I put them last year. You know, we've all been through that, you know. How come I can't find the same extension cord that I always use? I don't know. I needed it for the drill. <laughs> uh, and I and I found some old Lionel, uh, the, the big Lionel gauge, oh, yeah. uh, O-gauge trains. And I remember when I, well, I had a board when I was a kid. I had a board that I set up, and it had all of the bells and whistles and the, and the lights uh, with the switch lights going on. Do, do kids do that anymore? Is it all just the plastic train you buy for a hundred bucks and it goes think, around the tree? I mean, I mean, the last time I had any kind of encounter with trains and little kids, it was Thomas the Tank Engine. That was like the biggest kind of trains for little kids. Thomas huh. the Train Engine. I'll be darned. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and uh, let's open the phone lines because I want to know: should should government subsidize Amtrak, or should it in fact be? Uh, you know, self-sustaining. For that matter, the post office. You know, the post office continues to run losses as technology changes, as we all get more fuel efficient. Uh, in the in the case of transportation, we all get more fuel efficient cars. I think it's inevitable that probably sooner or later they will be electric for the for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, are things like Amtrak? Are, is the postal service going to be just just passe? I don't know. One zero one nine ninety four one. News Talk STL, uh, and the number three one four nine one two one zero one nine. Joe Manchin has drawn a line in the sand, and along with the Senate parliamentarian who rejected, thank God for the Senate parliamentarian. We need to celebrate him. It looks like this uh, this two well they call it a two trillion dollar bill. We know that it's going to be more like four plus trillion if it passes. Uh, Biden's big budget buster, the BBBB bill. Um, the, the between Mansion probably Cinema. She's been a little more restrained in her public comments, but uh, you know early on and and I haven't heard otherwise was against all of the profligate spending. It's amazing when you read what is in these bills, as you read and get into the weeds and the more and more stories, you think you just about have covered most of the egregious abuses of these omnibus bills. Another one comes. The arbiter of the Senate rules found that the Democrats plan to provide temporary protections for immigrants can't be passed as a component of party lawmakers, roughly two trillion dollar big, big plan. So Elizabeth McDonough said that those protections need to to be removed from the bill. This is the third time that the party's immigration proposals have been found to run afoul of the chamber's rules. The third time. This should inform you, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and others who, uh, like some of your predecessors in the past, don't fully appreciate how Democrats will, in any way they can, abuse use um, and and force their agenda, their, abuse and use power to force their agenda upon us. They just, they just don't play fair. They don't play fair at all. They've been denied this amnesty provision at least once before. This story says twice. And now a third time. The parliamentarian objected to multiple aspects of the proposal, including it would allow immigrants under the program to become eligible for green card. These are illegal immigrants. And they and the government wouldn't have the leeway to turn down some immigrants if they met the standards for the program. Never mind that they were here illegally. 
she wrote these. Gosh, this is this is so heartwarming. I mean, truly gives you hope that someone in D.C. understands what's going on and how politicians will to expand their base and perpetuate their power do anything it is power it is just evil seeking of power the parliamentarian wrote quote these are substantial policy changes with lasting effects just like those we previously considered and outweigh the budgetary impact so you see under the under the ruse of well this is budget reconciliation and they're supposed to make sure that you know the the pay-fors balance out with the spends. The CBO estimated that the immigration provision would cover about 6.5 million immigrants living in the U.S. illegally. And Durbin, Dick Turbin Durbin, who helps craft immigration policy, that's uh, for those of you who live in the, the great uh, People's Republic of Illinois, I don't know, this guy is just a disaster. He always has been. He said he was disappointed by the finding we're considering what options remain. Wow. This does affect some young immigrants known as dreamers. Uh, and uh, this would, I guess, the federal court in Texas had ruled the Obama era program was illegal in the decision last summer. Might go to the Supreme Court. Well, good for her. I'm glad. And and we're hearing that. Um, hey, do you have that Pelosi sound? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, 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 where is that? No, I mean the uh, the Saki sound. Yes, sir. Yeah. Let's play this. And I, okay. So, first of all, we have trying to slip something repeatedly through to see if the parliamentarian will blink and procedurally trying to just continue to ram at the door. I think of the old Monty Python or one of those old, you know, the, 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 the one uh, army outside the, the castle is ramming with their big, you know, tree and they're running up against the door. That's what the, that's what the Democrats do on the one hand. And then, on the messaging hand, and Max and I love this kind of stuff because, I mean, we just, it's so rich with its deceitful, deceit right in front of our eyes. Uh, this is what Jen Psaki said about the CBO scoring on the bill. Well, first of all, what we're, you're talking about here is a fake CBO score that is not based on the actual bill that anybody is voting on. This was a ask request by Senator Graham to score a bill that is not currently being debated. Uh, that is her his prerogative to, to do. Uh, but what our focus is on is on the existing bill that will lower the deficit, uh, that will also, over an additional 10 years, pay for the $2 trillion tax cuts that Republicans didn't pay for. They're welcome for that. So I would say, Peter, to your uh, question, the president has conveyed very clearly, multiple times publicly, that he would like programs, if they're extended, to be paid for. That remains his commitment. But it's important to understand that when when anybody raises a question about this new CBO score, it is a fake score about a bill that doesn't exist. Okay. So you see, what happened in this case was, the, the power, the party who wants to get a bill passed, the majority can, well, anyone can ask for it, but they embed in the rules of the bill and in the way that the CBO has to analyze these by projections that are absolutely false, but of course favorable to passage of the bill so that the score looks just rosy as all get out. And that's where they come up with the $2 trillion score, because, of course, the only thing that's being scored on the expense side of the ledger are, what, two or three years of 
social welfare expansion, like uh, the, the free child care, free college for everyone, on and on and on. Well, these are social programs that you know, but yet the bill is a is a is a ten year bill. Well, of course, if you're only paying for three years allegedly of programs, which then suddenly evaporate, the the bureaucracy disappears. Uh, people stop getting their benefits. Suddenly, you got to start paying out of your own pocket for your college and for your daycare because that's what's in the bill that we're that we're wink wink wink. How many winks can you have that we're scoring? And it's all going to be paid for with the next seven years, allegedly, without the expense of the program. Wow. That's like, Mom and Dad, um, I want to buy a a new car, and, um, you know, I'm going to return the car to the dealer after two years and, you know, turn it back in, and whatever money I can get for it, or I'm going to sell it on, you know, Craigslist, and um, I'll give that back to you, no problem. You know, but the payments will go on for five years, whatever, 60 months, whatever you've got on the Don't worry about it, mom and dad. That'll happen. Well, the kid knows that the car is not going to be sold on Craigslist when it's got 25,000 miles on it. Similarly, what Lindsey Graham did was say, hey, wait, CBO, let's score this bill as if the programs don't sunset. And we know they will not. When you create a social social safety net monster, it lives perpetually. And that's where they came up with the four and a half, five trillion dollar price tag. So you can't slip one by us, Jen Saki. Can't slip one by us. I do like the back and forth between uh, between her and Steve. Ducey. I'm going to miss pretty... that because she's about done. Yeah. So who's going to yeah. take over? I don't know if they've announced that yet, but I'm pretty sure the end of this year she's stepping back. Yeah. So I I, I I will miss that interplay between the yeah. the two of them. Yeah, I don't know who it's going to be. I think uh, there's that lady who has been um, African American lady. I forget her last name. We'll have to get on, on that. But she's she's pretty feisty too. So that you got to have an interesting, uh, just an interesting constitution, one hell of a backbone it's to a be a press job. secretary. It's a really yeah, tough it's job. a tough gig. Yeah. It's News Talk STL at 101-9941. Numbers are 314-912-1019. I am so thankful that it looks like this debacle, this build, uh, build back better Biden's budget buster, <laughs> <laughs> the alliteration spectacular of the century. Hopefully, Manchin now has made his stance. Uh, I think I've got some McConnell sound, and when we come back, we'll talk about that, and the question on the table will be, do you think that Joe Manchin might switch parties? I mean, he made a statement the other day to uh, some reporters where he was angry. They just keep hounding him about it. He was angry, and he used uh, you know some some potty mouth because uh, he's uh, he's angry. And I just wonder if the, what what the odds are. Three one four nine one two one zero one nine. It's News Talk STL 1019-941. Be right back. Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer on News Talk STL. I said the nation army couldn't hold me back. They're gonna rip it off. Taking Well, we're back. First hour of the Tobler Show. Last show of the year. We do want to talk about uh, the person of the year, Elon Musk, the athlete of the year, Simone Biles. We always do that and cover those stories. But uh, Joe Manchin, we were talking about this bill that Joe Manchin has been so steadfast in just saying this is nonsense. We cannot pour more money and spend, spend, spend. It's going to bring us down. The other day, uh, the Dems now, you know, have turned on their own. And the White House criticized him. 
Others are just really going after him. And a reporter talked about it, and he says, this is BS, and he didn't say BS. He used the word. He says, guys, I'm not negotiating with all of you, talking to reporters. He said, I'm done. I'm done. As the questions continued, uh, a reporter with the Huffington Post who asked him about reports that the child tax credit is being... See, the Democrats are that are in of the majority, you know, the squad, the progressives, which now are 99% of the Democrat Party, at least in leadership, were trying to pin the tail on his donkey on the basis that he rejected the bill because he killed the child tax credit. The poor little boogers were not going to give them... It's all about the children, and Joe hates children. So now they're cannibalizing one of their own. And uh, they asked him about that. And, and he said, guys, I'm not negotiating with any of you. You can ask all the questions you want. Let me go. Muttering God almighty as he walked away. Wow. Second blow up of the day from the senator who's taking the blame from Democrats. for the. So they're just going to scapegoat him. So on Wednesday, he snapped. Tensions are rising. Manchin has talked with Biden. They're still miles apart, a person familiar with the talk said to the Daily Mail. And he denied reports that it was a child tax credit. He says, I'm not opposed to the child. These reporters have gone crazy. They have gone absolutely crazy. He says, I'm not opposed to the child tax credit. I've never been opposed to the child tax credit. Well, shame on you, Joe. That's a, that's a mistake. We shouldn't pay people to have children. I'm sorry, since I keep scratching my head, looking, searching, burning the midnight oil. Where in the Constitution? I've even put lemon juice on my copy, on a parchment copy, and flamed it to see, you know, you put the the, the candle behind it. I cannot find in the Constitution where it's my duty to pay for you having children. I can't? I'm looking for it. And at issue is Manchin's insistence on cuts in Biden's massive social safety net bill that funds education, health care, climate programs, the whole deal. An estimated 350,000 West Virginians, children, 93% of all kids in the state, live in households that qualify for the tax credit. So that's not what it's about. He just doesn't believe that uh, this this bill justifies its, its tremendous expense. Did you know there is a... There is a credit in the bill. I, re- I saw this in the George Will piece. There's a credit in the bill for hiring a journalist, a $20,000 credit the first year, and a $15,000 credit to organizations to hire journalists. Talk about, again, perpetuating power through the power of legislation. If with you the Democrats, that's what they do. They use D.C. to just absolutely do whatever they can to expand their base Buy more votes with taxpayer-funded largesse, and in this case, expand the left-wing journalist ranks. I mean, I, I, the more I hear about this, the more I just I I get angry about it. I mean, at first you smile and you think, "What a bunch of idiots up there," but now it, it just makes you angry. Well, I'm curious. Do I think it's a better than fifty-fifty chance that Joe Manchin ends up uh, being independent? Here's what Mitch McConnell had to say about uh, when he was asked about will Manchin switch parties. That I lead the charge to change the filibuster rule, I had a one-word answer, no. Changing the structure of the Senate in order to try to achieve a partisan advantage is a mistake for the Senate and a mistake for the country. 
With that, I'll be happy to, uh, yep. You had a long meeting, about a 30 minute meeting. I'm having a hard time hearing you with your mask you, on. You had a meeting today with Senator Manchin. Mm-hmm. You've had several meetings with him. Do you feel like you've had an impact on his view of the Build Back Better plan in conversations with him? And have you ever asked him to join your party this year? <laughs> well, Senator Manchin comes in frequently. As you know, he likes to talk to you guys. He likes to talk to everybody. And I enjoy our conversations. Uh, it would not surprise you to know that I've suggested for years it would be a great idea uh, representing a deep red state like West Virginia for him to come over to our side I don't think that's going to happen but he'd be the best one to answer that question we do enjoy a cordial relationship and we do appreciate the fact that he seems to be one of the few remaining centrists left in the Democratic Party I don't know if any of you were here during the Obama years we had way more moderate Democrats when Barack Obama was president than we do today They seem to have all gone hard left. Joe has resisted that, and I admire him for it. Well, so I'm I'm not sure that he's going to switch, but I I wouldn't be surprised at all. It may just take more and more pressure and more and more denigrating from, you know, maybe the White House press secretary stand, from the White House, uh, you know, just leaking out to reporters what Biden and Kamala Harris might be saying about him, other fellow legislators who, you know, are, are mischaracterizing his opposition. And I'd love to see him turn independent and, and caucus, if he wants to, caucus with the Dems. Even better, come on over to the other side of the aisle and join the Republicans. Max, did you hear this? The 1.7 billion payroll tax credit of up to 25 grand for each local journalist and organization employees in the first year, 15 grand for the next four years. Oh, I misread that. I thought it was just the next year. Wow. So that's, uh, let's see, $60,000, dollars $85,000 if you're a, a newspaper. And you hire a local journalist. Why Why should taxpayers be funding tax credits for, uh, you know, ostensibly a private concerns that are trying to publish a newspaper or an online, you know, rag? I, do, is there very any justification for that? I, I can't find one, no. And what, I don't know how they would define journalism, right? Could, could Newstalk STL hire a news guy? Well, I sure. put, I'm going to put in my application. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell Jeff and Joe that, hey, hire me as a local journalist. You get a tax credit for twenty five grand the first year and 60000 the next four. Let's share some of the bounty. <laughs> it's, 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 this, this kind of thing. The, the fact that this doesn't bother people, moderate people, independent, you know, centrist people, doesn't this bother you when you see things like this that have these, uh, it's just crazy. BBB would require that child care workers would be paid equivalent to elementary school teachers, a 144% pay increase that would raise unsubsidized upper middle class child care costs, $13,000 a year. But of course, that's going to be paid for in the bill. I just, uh, they're talking about a, uh, raising the cap on deductibility of state and local taxes. Well, one after another, it's a uh, it's a problem. It's a problem. We got to wrap it up. Max says we got to get out of here. We'll get out of here, and when we come back, who are we talking to? When we come back, Max. Uh, we've got Kara Dansky. All right, Kara Dansky, a feminist who's got a problem with transgender. Stay tuned. More coming up on News Talk STL. 